Hello, hello. Welcome to Building Home, an expat podcast with me, Anaya Richards-Scalione. Get comfortable and I hope you'll stay a while. With the idea of transparency and because we're about home here, as I like to ask my guests where they are when they were recording, I'm actually recording in our non-kitchen in Bergamo. Our kitchen has been delayed by about five weeks now. Blue and I arrived in Italy with my mom around three weeks ago. No kitchen with a newborn has been tough. Well, she's an infant now. I don't know if we call her a newborn. She's actually sleeping on my chest right now. So pardon if you hear a little snoring in the background. Um, it's been tough, but especially for people like Michele and I, where a kitchen is truly the heart of the home. We went with a company from Denmark and even on the final stages of the kitchen supposedly being delivered this this week, it's been tough and chaotic. Um, Not having my mom here has been tough, especially work wives. She's so great with Blue and I really counted on that time in the evenings to catch up on all this work. So bear with me on delays as we're building our home here. I could live here. How many times have you traveled to a place and said that? I've definitely said that about a few places. Some places, like Italy, I ended up making my home, while others, I still have those rose-colored lenses about. I remember when I would head to Mexico for New Year's a lot, and I thought, maybe I should live here full-time. The idea of even starting a magazine there came to mind. Needless to say, that never came into fruition, but that I could live here moment about London led me to the life I have now. For that, I'm so thankful. But as I mentioned in the past, even as a travel writer, New York was still firmly my home base. While I traveled at least half the month, I wasn't what one would consider a digital nomad. And while I ended up living part-time in London, I can say that Paris was the city that convinced me to take the leap. Cliché, right? Heading to Paris in 2017 was a pivotal moment in my life. I originally wrote about it for In a Perfect World in 2019, and it's still a piece that I get a lot of outreach about. So much that I decided to re-edit it and re-release it on the blog. I'll link to that in the show notes, both the original and the edits. Since the founding of the United States, our country has had a love affair with France. One of the founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, was a serious Francophile. Thomas Jefferson as well. James Henning, a black American formerly enslaved by Thomas Jefferson, actually introduced our country to mac and cheese after his extensive training in French cuisine while in Paris. For at least a century, certainly decades before Jay-Z and Kanye famously crooned N-words in Paris, black Americans have had a love affair with the city and it's felt mutual. Black artists like Josephine Baker in the 1920s sought refuge there from the debilitating racism of the United States. James Baldwin in the 1940s, GIs after World War II. In the summer of 2017, as my mother booked our tickets for an August trip to France, I declared, just get me a one-way. After our 10 days around France, I'm actually going to stay in Europe. For the previous 10 years, beginning with studying abroad in Milan in 2006, I started to spend a lot of time in Europe, managing to make at least one trip a year. During this time, aided by the powers of Facebook, 
I managed to scrape together a community and personal life on that old continent. I'm a born and raised New Yorker, and while I realize the luxury of quote-unquote going home, meaning going back to New York City, I had developed a sort of ambivalence to the city. I felt as though I were resting on my laurels. I craved a challenge. Late nights at my local in Crown Heights led to many a conversation with my dear friend and confidant about whether New York City was the right place for us. Maybe I should finally try London. My travel writing career can't flourish if I'm tethered to New York City rent. I mean, that's still true. I started in France as that happened to be where my mother and I were heading in August. I figured I'd make it to London eventually, but what's more romantic than living in France? As I mentioned before, Americans have a love affair with the country, and while the French keep it distant and cool, for a certain part of American culture, it's reciprocated. By the way, I had no intention of finding a romantic interest while in France because rarely had I been on a date with a Frenchman where World War II didn't get brought up, but I digress. In 1984, at nearly 60 years old, during an interview for the Paris Review, James Baldwin was asked why he had chosen to live in France. It wasn't so much a matter of choosing France. It was a matter of getting out of America, he said. Like hundreds of Black American artists before me, I imagined days spent creating. For me, that meant working on my blog with wine and a baguette, the charm of Josephine Baker, the prose and finesse of Baldwin. This is Paris, after all, the city where Black American creatives escaped and were revered. In the era of Trump, Paris would welcome me. Macron welcomes those shunned by this administration. That's what I saw in the headlines, at least. I had a few introductions of family friends. One woman in Paris who, along with her sisters, Black Americans, had made lives in France with husbands and children for decades. Maybe I'll end up staying too, I thought. Paris is a great place to be alone. I can work a room and party like no other, but I'm a bookish only child at heart, and in Paris, I could go for days without having a real conversation with someone. A woman alone at a restaurant is part of the city's fabric. One week, I went on three Bumble dates, a lot at the time. I was so starved for conversation. I devoured the beauty that is Paris. I walked along its boulevards, ate, ate, and ate some more. I went to a farmer's market every other day. It was during these walks where I saw the other side of Paris. The Syrian refugees who made their homes in the parks and under the buildings along the canal, washing up in the fountains in the morning. It was also at one of these markets that I just talked about where I realized the strange and precarious place I occupied as a black American in Paris. Egalité, liberté. Oh my God, that was such a horrible accent. <laughs> I jokingly screamed with French friends, while watching fireworks in the harbor of Bordeaux, and later again with a large French crowd while watching the World Cup in London. As declared by King Louis X in the 14th century, France signifies freedom. He also declared that slavery was not authorized on the French mainland, and any slaves setting foot on French soil would be free. Thomas Jefferson worried about this with his favorite enslaved people he brought to France. 
During the French Revolution of the 1790s, this freedom was extended to the French colonies as well, though in some places it was ignored. America, too, has freedom in its DNA. And yet, we had kids in cages, and systematic equality is still being fought for. No place is perfect. Did I feel the freedom that Baldwin, Baker, Wright, Kanye West, and so many Black creatives, American creatives before me felt? Yes. Did I take it with a dash of hypocrisy, knowing it was not readily extended to brethren that looked just like me? Absolutely. In 1986, a psychiatrist coined the term Paris Syndrome to describe the stress that some Japanese tourists experience when they discover that Paris isn't the charming paradise often depicted in films and magazines. While I still love Paris, my rose-colored glasses for the city have certainly gotten a little less tinted. That fall, I underwent my own Paris syndrome. That was a snippet of my essay on being Black American in Paris. As I said, I'll link to it in the show notes. Like I mentioned in the essay, neither myself or today's guests are the first Black creatives that saw Paris as a sort of North Star. But what does that say about New York? Are New York prices hindering a thriving creative class? Families? I mean, no, that's a bleak thought. As I ponder the idea of raising blue in Italy, I look to the strong examples of my past guests. Courtney, with her family firmly placed in Latin America, and today's guest, Ryan, and her family having newly moved to Paris. That I could live here takes on a very different feeling when you're thinking in we, especially when that we involves your kids. Environments in cities are set to new standards when you're thinking about raising your children in them. I've had countless people say to me they're not sure about how one raises kids in New York City, most of them citing the expense. I'm so proud of my New York City upbringing, and I'd love to pass that diversity and world perspective down to Blue. I already admired how unbothered she is about noise and lights. Her delivery team included West Indian Americans, Italian Americans, Orthodox Jewish women from Brooklyn, the variety of accents she's heard as she takes in language, the variety of ways to pronounce water and coffee. I'm so proud to have a Brooklyn baby, but I also want her to know there's life outside of New York City. Today's guest, Ryan, wanted that for her kids as well, and she's doing it. While following her career, I knew how Ryan could bring visions to life for her clients, many of them in the fashion industry you definitely have heard of. But Ryan also clued me on how she brought a vision to life for herself and her family. The move to Paris. From learning the language to visas, even enrolling her kids in school, Ryan's determination has been inspirational for me. We're in the midst of Paris Fashion Week as this goes live, and currently bedbugs. And this past summer, Paris has been going viral and it hasn't been positive. A TikToker has made it their brand, covering hot takes on why they think Paris is overrated and the dregs. Malfoy cites the trash, graffiti, and says Paris smells like, quote, piss, cheese, and armpit, end quote. 
and that its food looks grimy as hell. Ugh. Mm, I definitely disagree, but whatever. Now, Paris has been catching strays for ages, and as I said, Paris syndrome is real. So to me, Paris is always a good idea. And I know to many of you listeners, it's still the dream. Married, two kids, you can still make that happen. Listen to Ryan tell us how. Oh, gosh. I am so excited for today's guest, Ryan Norval. She is the founder and floral designer of, or she's the founder of the design studio, Oat and Cinnamon. And wow, I was just chatting with her before we started and her son said, bonjour, they were speaking in French. And so we can't wait to dive into it. It was the <laughs> perfect introduction to today's show because where are you recording from today, Ryan? I am in Paris today. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Because last week you were in New York, I think it was. I was in New York for like 48 hours. Oh, how was that? How's that? Was that your first time being back since you moved fully? Yes, since I moved fully. So we moved earlier in March. And since then, and we I, I've done the same thing. I do like 48 hours here, 72 hours there. But I don't ever bring the kids. So it's like, it's really hard for me to to be gone for a long time. But that was the first time like... But the other times I was staying in our old apartment and it was the first time I was like, oh, I have I, I don't live here. Like, I don't. It was strange. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was that first time being. But you're originally from New York, right? Yes. <laughs> Which has made it even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So you feel like Paris is your home now where you guys are. Yeah, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I think there's definitely we're still in like the first six months. So it's definitely still, you know, those things where it feels like not fully mm -hmm. settling. But mm -hmm. I think also having a family and them being here with me, as opposed to like a lot of my friends who've done this or people, you know, people doing it when they're younger, or maybe being single or something like that. It's it definitely I'm sure it's a whole different like, you know, feeling in terms of adjusting and what feels like home. But I think my family being having a family of four here automatically, like it definitely yeah. helps you just, you know, feel welcomed maybe a, a bit sooner. But I think definitely obviously there's this. So I mean, we're talking about it just so much administrative stuff still to do. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it feel like, OK, like, and, you know, you're still in that exciting but sometimes trial and error zone of like what what are my favorite spots gonna be and like blah blah, blah. Yeah. just a discovery but still figuring things out as opposed to like the confidence I have when I go back to home to New York or whatever exactly. and like I know exactly what I want to go like blah, blah blah who I'm gonna see and we're still like kind of getting that adjusted here but I definitely I'm like never second guessing or anything like that like I'm like okay like I'm really happy here um, amazing. So I heard you speaking French to your son. Do, are you fluent in French? Yes, I studied. I did never knew I was going to move to France, but I started. I'm 31 now. I started studying seriously French when I was 24. So after college, um, it's a bit of a long story, but it happened after I had this like quarter life crisis at 24 um because I had just got married and I was just like oh my gosh I got married so young and I had set like a five-year plan for myself at 21 mm -hmm. um that somehow I wanted to be done by 25 and so I was about to turn 25 I was like 
And out of all the things on that list, I hadn't accomplished any of them. And one of them was speaking French. And I was like, how do we speak French? And so I like enrolled into a French school um, that was across the street from my office at the time. I'm not sure if you heard of um, it's called Cuckoo. Yes. French yes, classes. Yeah. So I was with them before they had the building that they're in now. Um, and I took classes for maybe about two years, like on and off. And then, but outside of that, I was like, obviously like taking an hour of a language a week is not going to work. Yeah. Um, so I was doing everything else outside of that. Like I was listening to French music and then I discovered like French shows on Netflix. And then like I discovered French YouTubers, Instagrammers. I had one French friend and then I, um, it was during the pandemic too. So I had a lot more time on my hands, but once a week I'd ask her to like do a FaceTime with me and like, don't ever speak English. And yeah, like it was a lot of what I did outside the classroom that really helped. Oh my God. You just laid the groundwork for my listeners for what they should do. <laughs> Good, because done. people ask me all the time, like, how did you learn French? Exactly. Um, that full immersion from afar. That's so great. You were dedicated to it. That's incredible. That's so yeah. Good. My stubbornness, like, is the bait. Like, it's a gift and a curse. But I was like, I'm learning this language. Like, <laughs> Does your husband freak- speak French? No, no he doesn't. <laughs> and so how is he doing? I went to Paris, uh gosh, when is this? Um, like what was it, 2015 or between 2015 mm-hmm. and 17? And I took French classes. I did fluent city. Um, okay. I did before, like many years before, and would go to France occasionally, like took French in school when I was super young. Um, but was mainly a Spanish girl so didn't stick with French and like would pick it up occasionally so when I got to Paris I did not speak French at all Um, I found it I loved it but I found it kind of isolating a little lonely and part of it was not speaking the language Um, so how is your husband dealing because he also has you guys so that was interesting when you said like you guys have their family coming home to an empty apartment was I imagine very different experience than you have. So like that decompression chamber that you have at home, I I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, For him, I think he's quite lucky. One, I think it's also a gift and a curse. I think he has that comfort zone of like, if anything, my wife's here. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, we spend a lot of time together, especially right now in the summer. The kids are home. I'm home more. um, So we go out together. He doesn't have to say as much. But when I am taking like business trips back and forth, he's alone with the kids. I think right now, when I first started going to Paris, uh, maybe early 2010s, it was feeling a little bit more like that. I'm more like you, it's really a barrier to entry, especially if you're alone, not speaking Mm -hmm. the language. Now that I found like after years of going with younger people, and I feel like maybe even because of social media, people are a lot more open to English speakers or people who don't speak French because a lot of especially young French people speak really great English and so for the most part when I'm not here he can get by and for the most part people just assume he's a tourist and not like a resident who doesn't speak the language (laughs) um so he gets by real I also know tons of people who have lived here for a bit maybe expats from America that that honestly really don't speak French still and I think it definitely gives you a different experience and mm-hmm. 
it, it open just opens more doors for you to speak French. But I think nowadays people really don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, it might make navigating obviously bureaucracy things a bit more challenging. But overall, it's not a complete like you know door closer. You know, but I think. Being able to speak French definitely gives me a whole different experience here than my husband. Oh, that that makes so much sense. Uh, I saw you posted recently on your Instagram. You said like that I could live here and I wrote it down because it was so beautifully (laughs) said. You said vacationers are either totally delusion, not totally delusional. Sorry, I'll start off for vacationers are either not totally delusional or could just be delusional enough to move to a new country. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what, what? How did you guys decide? How what, what was that level of delusion? What it what was the turning point for you guys here in Brooklyn? Um, then moving to Paris. Yeah, no, that's a great question because I, I think that's also the question I sought out for everyone who I know me knew made an international move. I think that might have been when we first met when you told me you're between oh, like yeah. Italy. <laughs> I was I think like at that time I was still kind of like, you know, uh thinking about it. And so I'm always wondering that question, like, how did you know? Like, you know, um, I think for us it just became a point. I was been itching to move out of New York for quite a while, but as you know, when you're married, you know, you make certain sacrifices. And I think towards the beginning of our marriage, my husband had gotten to this really great master's program where he could get his teaching license and his master's at the same time. And usually you'd have to do one after the other. Yeah. Um, but it also required you to stay a teacher in New York for a couple years, too. So it was like mm-hmm. I was really opposed to it because I was like, I need to get out of New York now. Mm-hmm. And I thought L.A. was really where I wanted to be. So I think. One, him finishing kind of that program, being out of that probationary period, I was already a bit itchy. But I think also just the realities of having not one, but two kids in New York and just that cost, it was just absolutely insane. And mm-hmm. um, I wasn't prepared for it because I think we're growing up in New York and especially I grew up in Harlem and it was, it was just residential and just a lot more like family oriented and just the people who were there had been there for tens of 20s of years um so we all just kind of grew up with like grandmas and neighbors and things like that and we don't really have access to that like our family members are quite a bit older and either have health issues and can't help take care of our kids and so we pay for all of our child care in new york and paying for both my daughter and my son to go to daycare full-time was more than the rent we were paying and wow. it just came to a point. Obviously, I also had a studio for my job. Mm-hmm. And between all that, I was like, I mean, you know, it's a blessing to even be able to do this. But just we one, it wasn't sustainable for us financially. But two, I was like, even if it was like, it's just the principle of it. Like, I was like, I can't be paying this much. We don't own our apartment. Like the kids are babies at this point like obviously Mm -hmm. I will invest in their education but I was like they're one and two I was like I don't know what you can be teaching them right now that could be like worth that amount of money um and so obviously we kind of knew all right long term like we we got to get out of here and so it just became a point of where that was going to be and so we listed everything that was a possibility my husband was really big on moving to New Jersey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um he's like let's just move to jersey let's just move to jersey and i was like just that's the only thing just no just absolutely no and jersey so and for Paris, a while we thought same. it was gonna be la <laughs> exactly 
And but when we looked at the numbers, I was like, it just didn't make enough of mm-hmm. a difference for us to uproot our whole lives and our children's yeah. lives when childcare was still like almost the same. Rent was starting to become comparable than yeah. when we first started looking at LA. Um, we'd have to get a car, you know, just looking at all those things, yeah. it didn't quite totally make sense. And then I really thought about Paris. I was like, well, we've always said we want to do it. The kids are quite young enough. I was like, then there's a big issue we were also hitting was healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, because as an entrepreneur, like, I just don't have healthcare. And yeah. we had all of our healthcare through my husband. Okay. And so um, when I was like, okay, well, healthcare be included. They have amazing childcare here that's practically free. Um, I was like, just those two things alone would be enough, like enough for us to move. I was like, I speak French. My son speaks French. My daughter's not even one years old yet. We would be fine. And so I was like, well, you know what? It's just wild. I was like, I asked my husband, I was like, let me just apply for the visa and see what happens. Like, can we agree to that? And he was like, all right, let's see what happens. I was like, I probably won't even get it. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) and like I applied in three weeks later, I got a visa. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. They were like, we need her here. She's so talented. That's amazing. I'm so happy. That is a beautiful story. I'm so happy to hear three weeks. I think that's like, also like yeah. astounding. Like in all the yeah. bureaucracy, you give people hope. That's incredible. <laughs> that's- it's a crazy story. I know. And so I know your daughter's really young, but did you break it to your son? Like, did you like how you didn't tell <laughs> you're like we're going on a flight and here we are <laughs> yeah is he I I don't think he's still he just turned three last week um he's also just down for whatever just give him a snack like they except, truly except for huh. the Paris Metro except for the Paris Metro he was a mood I was like he's I hear that that's how I am in New York that. like yeah just any mode of public transportation and public bathrooms like he's also just starting like you know He's just completing like potty training and just when it comes to outdoor bathrooms, my husband's like, he will not go when we go in there. Like he just tells me no, like he won't use the bathroom. Like, so I don't know (laughs) what that means for him. At a restaurant too. No, no, not at a restaurant, not at the park, like nothing. And he'd we'd like we'd have to like take a portable like little potty for him to like use the bathroom. Yeah, but he's just not with it. Otherwise, like they don't need much and they don't even realize what's happening um i felt bad um pulling him out of his um daycare mm-hmm. i was just like he was thriving he's making friends and on his last day his teachers were so sad he didn't realize what was going on he was just, everyone was like hugging him and looking sad he's like <laughs> bye like, you know <laughs> like, i'll see you so later like, yeah he's fine um so no i think like i said it and he's just like uh-huh uh-huh yeah yeah okay, <laughs> cool okay cool yeah so yeah that's amazing and then kind of the center of everyone's journey there how are how are you doing with your studio how's that going it's quite chaotic i'm not gonna lie yeah. um it's it definitely it's it's just wild I have mm-hmm. to say um most of my clients are still in New York and so I find my schedule being mostly me working remote managing 
my mm-hmm. affairs in New York. I have a great team of designers who help out, especially smaller projects that don't make sense for me to fly back. If yeah. it is a larger project that makes sense and airfare-wise for me to come back and manage it, then I will. Um, but it, it, it's quite disorienting still. And yeah. um, I'm working on that and hopefully just being here most of my time or having most of my work be here but I know it's going to take a while and people in general say like give it a year just give it a year there's going to be times where you just want to give up and I think yeah I think the work part has been the hardest um Mm -hmm. so yeah because also like I'm a great artist Mm -hmm. I'm not a great like business manager and so obviously there's just so much like legal work that goes into like getting my country my sorry getting my company settled here and up and running yeah. just legally then second like I didn't, already didn't like doing things while I was in New York for my business so like still taking like the tax meetings and the blah blah, blah and like all the budget like it just I hate it so I, I'd say that's the hardest part of me and the adjustment now and I think being the one adult of the family who speaks French yeah. means I have to like get everyone else Take sorted when it them. comes to like our paperwork and our healthcare. Um, legally, my son being three years old means he has to go to school in September. Okay. Um, so getting him set up, I'm like several appointments at like the government building, making sure they like it's it's yeah. Long. I saw. I <laughs> I can imagine. I saw that you posted that you got him enrolled for school. Mm-hmm. And that's- yes that's an incredible feat in of itself because I feel like how long have you been there six months or we got here I wouldn't say even six months because we came back to New York for about a month and a half to pack up our stuff oh and get out of our apartment so between March and now I'd say about like three or four solid months that's incredible that you've already have him enrolled in school that's because considering I know European bureaucracy and paperwork and like having I, myself having thousands of tabs open, every site says something different. You go there, there's different paperwork that you're missing or that you need. So I'm yeah, like, it took so. about three consecutive days of also, like I said, me being just stubborn. I was like, you're going to take my child into school. There was also a bit of urgency from the officials as well, because when we were ready to enroll him, we got that was when we came back in July. It was July mm-hmm. 1st. And as you know, like Europeans don't play with their summer. And so they were mm-hmm. like, when I got there, they were like, if you don't get him enrolled by this Friday, he might not have a school. Like, because they're like, we're all going on vacation. Yep. <laughs> um, And I had him enrolled that Friday afternoon. I'm like, <laughs> yes. That's incredible. Um, That's incredible. And so how do you find that navigating besides the bureaucracy is France, Paris, um, per se, an encouraging place to be a young entrepreneur? I'd say so. Because of the visa I'm specifically on, I'm specifically mm-hmm. on an entrepreneurial visa. That's amazing. And there's several under that bracket, whether you're starting a business and or you're investing in a business or companies kind of bought you yeah. over to be in that business or myself, I'm under an artist talent visa. Yeah. Um, specifically, those are all considered to be under what's called economic attractiveness. Yeah. And essentially, all they want you to do is bring your money into the country. <laughs> Like, so yes, they're very encouraging because I remember even speaking to a friend here about being scared because mom, the, there's a difference between like my visa and my residence card. So mm-hmm. the visa is what allows me to like be into the country and get and like move my stuff here. And then my residence card is what allows me to like actually live here for the next couple of years, et cetera. And like my proof of identity. And so I've been, I'd been waiting for that specific 
paperwork to be approved um and I had to like prove that I actually was living here that was a whole thing yeah um and so one of my friends was worried she was like you know once your residence card gets approved like it could take xyz amount of time to like get to you whatever another friend was saying like no that specific visa they will expedite it like they want you to like be here so it's it's very encouraged right now I'm I'm not sure if that's because like post pandemic like you know they're just trying to boost the economy or whatever like the Olympics are next year here so Mm -hmm. I just think they're just trying to like take all the coins (laughs) exactly and I think it's just so that's amazing to me because it's such it's it's very different than being a native New Yorker, seeing even just like our parent generation and like the idea of Soho and all of those places and New York um, is is not for creatives anymore just because of the prices. Like mm-hmm. you, you, can, <laughs> you can't be like a young starry-eyed creative if you don't have a strong money background in New York it's anymore. It's sad. It's yeah, super sad. It's really, um, really sad. So it's really, I think, encouraging for people to hear that there are places like Paris, like France, that are encouraging it. That's great <laughs> to hear. And yeah. you're going to be there during the Olympics. That's an exciting time. It's insane. Yeah. So one of the hot button topics, Paris is trending right now, you know, <laughs> because of a recent TikToker's viral video about how much and about essentially Paris syndrome about how Paris is kind of a bait and switch to him Mm -hmm. and how like people spend all this money to come to Paris and it is horrible and yeah he went on a rampage what did you think about that when you saw that I was just so annoyed like just so (laughs) so so annoyed because I mean I could like give you a dissertation about it but obviously I was like, one, I didn't just I just didn't engage with it because I think there are creators like that that are just like they know it's kind of like rage bait or, you know, whatever. Just it's getting them. I mean, when I first saw it, like I don't I was kind of being served that video because I live in Paris. Yeah. And so I didn't but I had no idea it would like kind of get the amount of reactions and views and everything that it did. Like I didn't expect this to go viral, you know, at, at the level it did, because even that word viral is just used a lot now like yeah. oh like you know <laughs> exactly like but, like it really really went like, coverage exactly. and use that kind yeah. of stuff yeah yeah you know like i was seeing it really everywhere friends were sending it to me so that's why i was like okay when americans start sending me like french news i was like okay this is yes. now gone <laughs> a different level but you know there's just so many things i'd say about it one i do think it was just meant to just be very reactionary and just like oh like you know me hot top like you know hot take or you know uh, trying to just stir up some level of you mm-hmm. know reaction and uh, and maybe he truly didn't like Paris but I just think that um one I think and I saw another creator kind of respond to the video too he kept saying these things like they don't tell you this or they blah blah, blah. like it, it makes me question like who is they, who's they? Like, you know? yeah. who <laughs> and is who are you they? listening to and like what like where are you getting your information from obviously uh, we all know like when people go on vacation obviously no they're not posting you know exactly. dark alleys and things like that or whatever so I'm like well that's your fault if you just believe that everyone's vacation photos was you know the exactly. exact summary and everything of Paris I was like you don't think those things about any of someone's vacation photos that that means that that city is particularly particularly perfect um and I just tell everyone as well as like Paris is just like any other big city like there's social classes there's Mm -hmm. you know there's areas where 
um maybe there's where poor people live or you know there's other mm-hmm. middle class areas and i think it's actually to his detriment especially honestly as a person of color to like go into maybe areas where there yeah. is poverty and, and kind of like make those areas um you know uh seem like they are the issue of paris because i think that is what specifically you know people who are exclusive and you know are for like Mm. the you know what do you call that like superiority of like the upper class um that's what they want to see like oh look this is where people of color live and it's dirty and it's you know ghetto and things like that like he honestly only made it worse by kind of like uh saying that and it's what other like extreme groups want to like see like oh see like that's how those people are living etc etc like look this is what we need paris to be and like uh, france mm-hmm. to be and so it actually was quite you know harmful in a sense and so but yeah like I, i'll tell anyone who comes here i'm like yeah there's good and there's bad like like with anything and there uh but i do think it's also funny some of the places in his video were not paris <laughs> oh it looks really like, yeah they they were kind of like the outskirts or whatever oh or yeah it, it, so it's just like oh i think that's funny you know so yeah i think it i think his video was misleading too but i think he got what he wanted out of it and i think also as well like if you look if you look at that one video and you decide not to come to paris and that's your fault too like i just <laughs> then paris doesn't need you there essentially yeah you know and i think but unfortunately as well like especially knowing he's an american and i I was also annoyed just because we already like it so much you know Mm -hmm. of of a bad rap for being terrible travelers Mm -hmm. and terrible tourists and being such a nationalist and thinking everything's about us and so i was like obviously very annoyed by that but otherwise it was just like just the more you give this person attention the more we're going to get similar content because people are going to be oh this is what i need to do to blah blah but yeah Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, there was, at the same time, it was a BuzzFeed article where I discovered the video, and it was, they were also discussing someone complaining about the Amalfi Coast in Italy, about how crowded it was, and I was like, yeah, you're there during July, Um, everyone on your feed is in the Amalfi Coast, why do you think you're going to find some quiet nook of the Amalfi Coast, and no one told you it had stairs? It's a cliff! It's a glitch. Only that, but like you can't <laughs> visit these historical cities and then just be upset that they're not, you know, this. It's I saw someone reacting to that video too. Like, oh, what do you want a highway to run through the like the Amalfi exactly, Coast? Like, exactly. Exactly. It's it's the it's honestly these cities weren't made like the infrastructure is not made for the amount of visitors who come, mm-hmm. and so it's not the city's fault. So yeah it's so it's and it's always embarrassing when it's americans or canadians because sometimes people think canadians are americans and they behave badly (laughs) (laughs) it's mostly embarrassing for us but i thought that was really interesting especially you living in paris not that year like i'm sure you had to explain because people are always sending me things about italy so i figure people would be sending you stuff (laughs) yes i honestly didn't respond to any of those people Um, because it just feels a little bit like oh this your city and just like (laughs) are you just like uh, there's always a hater and they always Mm -hmm. come out when like there's so many people who didn't like you know say anything about moving but like soon as there's like a strike or something like that oh look at this oh it's uh, dangerous there i was like i am from harlem like yeah uh, that's well i'll be okay (laughs) 
Exactly. Exactly. I feel like that's one of the things that people for as a New Yorker, I'm like, even when I'm in Bergamo and I'm walking, I'm like, oh my God, that street looks dodgy. I'm like, you're from Brooklyn. Like, They'd be afraid of you. It's fun. I've seen like rats are b- bigger problems exactly. in the city, you know? Like exactly. We have a whole rat czar here in New York. So <laughs> uh, before we go, one of the things I ask everyone is well, two things. Um, what is the word? Do you know the word for expat in France? What's the expat in your na- you're a new adopted country? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I think it's a very similar. I think it's a cognate of. I would have to look it up. Hold on, let me see. But I think it's like kind of the same thing as um. Yes, it's a uh, like expatrie. And would you describe yourself as an expatrie? <laughs> uh, not quite because, I. I think the idea of it, like with the the picture people paint of it, like mm-hmm. they wouldn't think of us. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I think, but at the same time, like I don't think we're here to like just assimilate to like just everything French. Like yeah. I have friends who say it's different things, like oh, like the thing I did, like that's so American. I'm like okay, like so, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I'm like that's I'm totally happy like, okay about that like yeah. i think people uh, just use that as a derogative term now which <laughs> i'm like wow like that's kind of harsh yeah <laughs> yes um but at the same time like yeah like i there i also am like respectful of the culture and and things like that and so uh i think uh, i don't know if i'm answering the question but i think we're just kind of like just respectful people just finding ourselves in a different country mm-hmm. and i think we're bringing something to the country as well and they're benefiting from us and so i think i'd hope that there's a cultural exchange there it's not just us you know taking from the country that's how i think of it yeah that's so beautifully said and then the last question is what are three words that you think of when you hear the word home family I think something that feels personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think warm. I love that. I love that. Ryan, it's been amazing chatting with you. <laughs> Thank I will you. let you continue your day. Do you have any especially French plans to make our audience wishful this afternoon? <laughs> Oh well, French in the sub France in the summertime is super super chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, it's two thirty, and um, I'm still like I said working on New York Times, so I don't really <laughs> need to get to any urgent matters for about six o'clock here. So mm-hmm. in the afternoon, we just like go. We live really close to a big park. We like go out, have a picnic oh, with nice. the kids, um, and really just like lounge about, like. I think that's what I like the best about it. Like there's no productivity and there's no like anything like that. I just, just, we just go about our days and whatever serves us best. And that's what we do. Are you going to take a bull? <laughs> I don't know, but that's so funny. You said that because um, we just uh, signed a short term lease in Mamar. And mm-hmm. I was seeing there's a square like oh, across the street from us. And the first Google images is people playing that. Uh, so I was like, do I need to like, learn that to like really feel like accepted 
I feel like that so, could be super interesting because it gives you a whole different side. So you'll need some woo players. Yeah, I was like, I could see CL doing like my, my son. I could see him playing. There you go. So we'll see. Oh gosh, I'm definitely <laughs> gonna be on the lookout for CL and like in in his bull crew of usually older men. <laughs> yes, that, that's why he should be there. He's a little old man. <laughs> oh, God, that's so cute. Oh, uh, have a great rest of your day and thank, thank you. you so much. Take care. I it was amazing chatting with you, and I'm definitely like, you are such an inspiration to me and other people that I know want to see if they can just start fresh somewhere and what you said about the cost of raising a kid in New York is so real to so many people. It's so close to home. Um, and so I want people to follow your journey, your family, your business, all of the things. So let us know where we can find you. Okay. On Instagram, it's just cinnamon Ryan. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I TikTok and it's Ryan Norville underscore on TikTok. And on TikTok. It. Okay, perfect. And any cool projects that we should know about coming up? I'm just day by day. I'm just trying to survive, man. To, to <laughs> Paris is a pretty big project. Right, right. That's so funny. CL's first day of school is a big project, I would say. Big, big project. <laughs> yeah, people a- were asking, like, what's your vacation plans for the summer? I was like, we just moved to a different yeah. country. Yeah, this is the vacation. <laughs> this is the vacation. Like, yeah. Oh, quick question. I and just one of those practical things that people ask me about. Did you get your apartment furnished, or because you're such like you have such an eye for design? How did that work? Oh yes. So we are the lease we signed is long is a short term, but furnished. Mm-hmm. Um, only because one, just thinking of the cost, it's short term this one, but there's a few different companies here that are definitely geared towards expats, and that's why they do the fully furnished thing. It helps. Mm-hmm. So originally I was looking for unfurnished so that we could just slowly build our own place. The only thing is in Paris, I don't know if it's like this in Italy as well, but here unfurnished, they also can mean your kitchen's unequipped. And that oh means Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. It, it's so weird to me that people that's so like, strange. But you get a kitchen that's fitted. Like I it's it's one yeah. of those things I think is I've tried to explain to my mom. It's bizarre. Yeah. The kitchen. So because of that, yeah. So kitchen and equipped is just means there's no refrigerator, there's no stove, no oven, mm-hmm. like nothing. You just come in and it's a war room ready for, you know, the the utilities that you need yeah. to do those things, but they, it doesn't have any of them. And so I was just like, and but and then if you move, you need to take those things with you. And it so, might not fit in the next place. It's just so bizarre to me that you're moving with a stove and a refrigerator. <laughs> so just for the timing of it as well, because uh, L'Ecole Matinelle, where Ciel's going, that mm-hmm. that's zoned. It's heavily zoned. Okay. And so that we have to just find a place. And so that he can be like zoned to that place. And so we went just for now for a furnished place. And then, you know, down the line, if we want to sign a longer term lease, we can get unfurnished hopefully with an equipped kitchen but to start out with yeah we did furnished did you bring any furniture from new york over with you no we barely bought ourselves we were just (laughs) trying to me but even now like there's little things that we just need that my husband like oh we don't have this we don't have that it's hard but i think one thing um i've definitely there was a few pieces i was like we have to bring this and then the closer you get to moving you're like do we 
Do we? As you're packing up the like box, you're like, we don't need that. That's what you don't. Yeah. And I just challenge myself. I'm just like, are you really trying to start fresh? Like, why don't you really just really try to start? And I was like, it's also a huge design city. It's not like we were moved to some remote village where there won't be like beautiful things. I was like, it's part of it. Let me just like discover like local French artists and, and really, you know, Little by little. So no, we have nothing but like a couple suitcases right now. And you can do that French market life. Like one of my friend's statement pieces in her apartment is something that she got a huge mirror that she got while they were in France and shipping was crazy. And now you don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. Exact same thing. The biggest thing I really and it's still in my it's in storage now. We're getting a few offers on it, so we're not sure. But it was this Italian uh little couch, and it was pretty. It, it was vintage, like original Mario Bellini, like a monster oh. chair. Like it oh. still has like the author- authentication tags on it. Oh wow! And I was like, we're taking this. We're taking it. Yeah. But it was really reasonably priced for what it was. But what we paid about twice in shipping. Like it's so. Now I'm just like, oh, whatever. But I I do remember that. I'm like, it's such beautiful vintage that's not overpriced the way it's being yeah, done exactly. in America. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be, I'm really excited to see like what your favorite pieces are going to be and like that and finding that kind of stuff with you. And yeah, you're going to be in, you're in the perfect place for it. Like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, let me know if you're ever like near Paris or whatever. Or, like, I will. Could, like hang out. <laughs> yes, I will. I think I might be heading to Cognac in the fall. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I don't know how long away from it from the train. It's so quick. Bordeaux is one of my favorite cities in France, and it's okay, quick, cool. quick train ride so from Paris. Quick. So it's my favorite <laughs> thing so far. Yeah, I went to like Belgium over the weekend. I was nice. like, okay. Yeah, you could do like you could go to Belgium over the weekend. Like that's the life in Europe that you're. Yes, my husband really wants to go to London, and right Mm -hmm. now the kids could still like it's a two hour, two and a half hour (laughs) train ride. The kids could sit in our lap, and it's just we're just paying for our two seats. Oh, perfect! And it's a nice train ride too. Like it's it's. I don't think he's gonna mind it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice train. I don't think he'll mind at all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's definitely a boy's boy and just like trains, trucks, like firefighters, like he's just like obsessed. So, oh Oh, yeah, I would do that. And it drops you off in the center. You're it's, it's such a good train ride. I love, I love it. My mom was like, she wants to fly into London to do the train. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different level of dedication. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I don't know about you guys, but I am definitely so inspired by Ryan. Even the pointers about how she learned French. I'm going to use that for my Italian. It's been great chatting with you guys and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Building Home, an expat podcast with me, Anaya Richards-Gavione. Ciao.